Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. All those ideas and beliefs that we've picked up that don't really serve us, we don't even realize they're there sometimes. And so I think you can create a new identity based on whatever it is that you want for yourself. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Okay, I'm going to list off a few lies I hear entrepreneurs tell themselves. I'm bad at selling. Selling is bad. Salespeople are always so slimy. Selling is scary. Have you ever told yourself a variation of any of those phrases? I have. Selling used to be my downfall. And then I learned with the help of books and my coach and teachers like today's guest that selling requires a mindset shift. And this conversation will help you make that shift and start selling with confidence. Ivory Brooks is an actor, an entrepreneur, and a mindset mentor for creatives. She leads her students through the same transformations that she's experienced herself, which is what makes her coaching so impactful. Her mindset tools for reframing your approach to selling will help you shed that slimy seller feeling and stand in confidence knowing that your offer is exactly what the world needs. Here she is, Ivory Brooks. Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Gold Digger. Small businesses have unique needs. And despite the current uncertainty, one thing that remains unchanged is the importance of having the right people on your team. For $50 off your first job post, visit linkedin.com slash gold digger. Thanks to Freshly for supporting Gold Digger. With Freshly, you can avoid the grocery store and enjoy fully prepped dinners delivered fresh, not frozen, right to your door. Freshly is offering you $40 off your first two orders at Freshly.com slash Gold Digger. All right, Iverly, welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. Hey, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, I love the like ease in like, hey guys, it's right? me. 
Keep Don't it pretend nice. like you're all quiet. We were just <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I'm just excited. I'm trying to keep it tempered, but I'm excited. Happy to oh. be here. <laughs> okay. So first things first, I want to know more about your journey. Like you okay. have been a coach. You were basically mm-hmm. the female version of Hitch. Yeah. I've heard parts and bits and pieces of those stories, but kind of give me like the snapshot of what led you to where you are today. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like a lot of other entrepreneurs where I had like a winding road before finding out where I should, you know, land and where I belonged. You know, growing up, I was always like, I won't say bossy, but <laughs> but I was always a leader. And so I was always trying to go off and do my own thing and find my own way. And I had a really rough growing up, really traumatic. And so I tried to quickly, as soon as I was old enough, move away. And so I moved to Atlanta when I was like 18. And I decided I wanted to start a magazine and I was like, you know what, I'm about to be, I'm going to publish a magazine for women and you know, it's going to be the best. This was like back before there was like the social media we know now, I decided to start a magazine and I did. And I taught myself everything, taught myself Photoshop, advertising, press. Like, I didn't even know what that was at the time. (laughs) Like, I just I dove in and taught myself every single part of it. So when it comes to, like, starting a business, I didn't know what I was doing. I just jumped in. And the magazine actually pretty much it just started to go. And I was very, very shocked by that because I was just like, I didn't know what I was doing. We were the first, we ended up being the first magazine to feature Drake in the U.S. Yeah, girl. So it really like, you know, it, it gave me my business, you know, my business sense. I understood the the hiring staff and things like that. And then I got an offer to do like a, a YouTube kind of TV show based on the magazine. And I was really excited and I just dropped everything. I was like, oh, well, bye magazine. I'm going off to the show. <laughs> And I dove in. Um, There was a company who backed it and they were, you know, giving me full creative control of it. And I it was kind of like one of those shows. It's like it was a YouTube kind of thing where I would interview women and I was just like the magazine. And I was excited. And after we did about maybe 12 episodes that hadn't aired yet, we were just, you know, stacking them up. The owner was like, eh. I want to invest in other things and just drop the show and took the footage. And I was literally like, just, I had nothing at that point. I had no magazine, no show, like nothing. You know what I mean? It was a really, really like tough period. Cause I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do now? And so then while we were shooting the show, I remembered that I got really excited about coaching the guys who were on the crew and coaching the girls who were the interns. And like, I was starting to realize, like, I'm really, really good at this. And as I sat down and was kind of like, where do I go next? I was like, why don't I just keep doing this coaching for guys? I'm like, people are still calling me, you know what I mean? Saying, hey, can I get some advice? And the guy that I was dating was like, you need to charge for that. And I'm (laughs) like, yeah, he's like, you're spending hours on the phone with people, like charge for it. So I didn't take it seriously at first. And I was just like, okay, whatever. I didn't have anything else to do. So I just like printed up some business cards, girl. (laughs) I was just like, what did they say? I just want to know what your like tagline was. Oh my God. On the back of my business card, it says, I will change your life. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> they were black. They were black business cards. It was like Brooks Coach. And it was like, I would be like leaving them in barbershops and like, girl, I'll hustle. I was just like, at the time I felt like I had to do what I had to do. So I would hand out cards and people would be referring friends to me. But it got real deal when I took on my first bigger client who was like a, a top level CEO. And he was like, you know, I'm getting over a divorce. And I was like, oh, wow, this is this is real deal. Like I'm, you know, I have a real business here. And I just went with it. Next thing you know, I had a full client roster. I was working with guys who were either like they could be in college and their mom referred them. I had like <laughs> I had all different kinds and I was thrown into it in a way that I got my coaching legs, but I did know that it wasn't where after a few years, I realized that I wasn't working with women. And that's really, really what I wanted. I was doing well. I was making a good living. So I packed it up, moved to L.A. and I kept coaching here, you know, when I got here. And a friend of mine was like, you know, my mom is starting a business and I know you know this stuff. Can you help her? And I started working with her for free. And that's when it clicked. I was like, I want to work with women. Like I was so excited about working with her to get this, you know, her, her consulting business off the ground. And I was like, why do I not? I don't I don't see any women. I don't work with any women. Why am I not? So I started taking on women for free. Literally, like just helping them like, girl, you got the store. Let me help you. You got <laughs> You got a clothing line. Let me help you. And I was still having I transitioned from working with just guys to starting to work with small business owners. And I've been doing that ever since. That's I need I to know, <laughs> do you ever have any like relationship success stories? Like, were there any weddings yes. that you were like, I helped with this? <laughs> yes. Okay. So I had three marriages out of that wow. time, which is, yeah, I had three marriages out of that time. But it was funny because some of my clients would go, you know, they would leave after they got into a good relationship and then they would come back like, okay, we're having problems. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to create the boyfriend package. <laughs> And I'm going to help you through your issues right now. So I did have a lot of success stories, but I didn't. It, some of them weren't just marriages. It was like people who became better at being a boyfriend, which was it was it was really interesting. It was an interesting. Okay, we can get to the good stuff now. <laughs> like, I need to know. We're not getting off of this that easy. Oh, That's I'm so ready. <laughs> so when you started working with women and you were mm -hmm. helping them build their business, did you start to kind of uncover some of your superpowers? Like, I feel yeah. like sometimes in the doing, we start to discover, wow, I actually know this or I'm passionate about this or I have experience in this. Oh, my God. Yes. It was like in the beginning, I was just happy to help. You know, I was just like, you know, I've done that. I know how to do it. And I've always been really resourceful. But it wasn't until I started helping business owners that I realized the mindset part of it that I was extremely good at. Like I was just business coaching. That's what I was saying that I was going to do, you know, but it was the mindset part that I didn't expect. I started working with entrepreneurs and helping them with limiting beliefs and things. I didn't advertise that I would work with that, but that ended up being my superpower. And I was like, why am I? I had never heard of a mindset coach at that time. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know what that is. I just know that that's what we're working on up in here. <laughs> and I think that's the part that really cracked me open to understand where I belong. It's just I'm not just helping with businesses. I'm actually helping people create lives and design their lives around having a business and still loving the life that they have. That part came with experience. 
I think that's so powerful. And you know, what's so funny is as you say that, I mm. often think about how you have to sell people what they think they want. So like mm-hmm. you probably packaged it up like, let me help you like scale your business or grow your mm-hmm. business or start your business. But then you're like, let me get your mind right first. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. people don't want to even approach mindset because they know they're going to have to uncover a lot of beliefs and trauma and yep. experience. So tell yes. me what you do today. Like what is your job? job today? Who do you serve? What do you create? So today I usually work with women who are a either starting a brand new business or trying to pivot and reinvent themselves, you know, rebrand. I don't usually work with women who have been in business for like 10 years, 20 years. I'm usually I love working with new entrepreneurs. And so I kind of like have, you know, niche down to work with new ones. And so when we get together, I have different areas that we can focus on. I'm either helping you with boots on the ground, like, okay, here's what you need to do to set it up. Or we're working on the mindset part of pivoting. And I noticed that that's the area where I was called the most because women who are maybe, you know, going back to work after, you know, having children or leaving corporate America, like there's a reinvention process that has to happen. And a lot of times we end up working on that first. You get what I mean? So those are the clients that I work with right now. They're usually and they're usually solo entrepreneurs, like by themselves, no team yet. And that part wasn't planned. It's just how it worked out. (laughs) Let's talk about identity a little bit, because we're going to talk about selling. And Mm -hmm. I think that, like you said, your secret sauce is so much in the mindset and almost like the foundation of like who you are as a person, that identity piece. So how do you walk people through, you know, kind of firming up that identity with the mindset work that you lead? Well, the thing is, and this is the part that I'm most passionate about, and I feel like we have these stories about ourselves and we not even realize we have them. And they there's just like this whole character that we've created. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. I don't do this. I do do that. A lot of times it's, you know, from things that we've been told, but we come up with this whole story and we stick to it. And it gets even tighter as we get older, right? There's no room to mold or grow because we get so stuck on this story. And most of the time when I meet someone who is afraid to step out or afraid to start a business or things like that, there's these stories that they've told themselves that they can't escape from, you know, because having a successful business sometimes doesn't match the story they've told themselves, even if they're starting one, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's that part of it that you have to like face for one, understand that it's there and then start picking it apart and understanding what parts of the story is true that they empower me or what about, you know, the parts that I've accepted that don't serve me, you know, like, you know, money is for people who are selfish and, you know, all all that, all those ideas and beliefs that we've picked up that don't really serve us. We don't even realize they're there sometimes. And so I think you can create a new identity based on whatever it is that you want for yourself. I think that's so powerful. And I think you are the perfect teacher of it. I want to ask you a personal question because you recently went viral. Mm. And we know we talked a lot (laughs) during that that journey. But what did you learn about yourself and your own identity when the virality hit? Because I think that it can be a very like 
challenging and beautiful time, but it can also be kind of like you're stuck underwater and you don't know which way is up. Girl, yeah. Tell everyone about the viral video first, and then we can talk about this deep stuff around it. I know, right? So I was just now starting to bring my business online and starting making videos, and I only had made a couple. And so I had decided during, you know, the protests and things like that, I was going to just get on my IG Live. And at the time, I'm still, like, at home in quarantine. I haven't left the house since March as far as like seeing people. So I was like, what can I do? You know, there's, I felt very helpless during this time. And I'm like, I'm just going to make an IGTV, you know, like go live and just talk to women who are white, who are asking, you know, what can I do? And how can I be better? And, you know, is this okay to do? And I was very like, I felt really low at the time when I was making it because it's exhausting. So I went live and only a few people were watching. And I just started talking. I didn't plan it out. I didn't have like lashes on, girl. Like I just got <laughs> You were like, if I would have known, <laughs> I would have been taking five more minutes. <laughs> my little gross sweatshirt, girl. And it was just, because I was just being so honest. Yep. I got emotional in the video. Like I had no idea anyone would ever care or watch it because I had a small audience and you know, my videos used to get like a hundred views sometimes, you know? So I was just like, let me just speak to the people who are listening, the people who are here listening. And it just took on a life of its own. I mean, it just started climbing like to, you know, first a thousand. And I was like, wow, a thousand. (laughs) I was like, this is awesome. People are listening. And then girl, it went to a hundred thousand and then 200,000. And then it just, so now it's almost at 6 million. And yeah, it just took, I mean, next thing I know, the news was contacting me. Like I was on the news all of a sudden. I'm like, what is my life right now? (laughs) I understand. Well, and it's funny because even when thinking about talking to you today, I'm like, I don't even really want to talk about this because this is just a tiny piece. But I feel like when we look at identity and especially knowing like usually the people that teach this stuff are the ones that need it the most. Yep. What was that experience like? I know from behind the scenes, but. Right, right. Man, there were some things that came up that I wasn't expecting. Of course, when someone says, do you want to go viral? Someone was like, sure, that sounds fun. But (laughs) but in reality, you end up with certain pressures that you didn't expect, especially when you're talking about a subject that is currently right here in front of our faces and something that is so heavy you know, and so urgent. So you become the voice of, you know, people that you you didn't even know you were going to. And so one of the things that I I struggled with in the very beginning is feeling like I wasn't saying enough. I wasn't doing enough. If you say something and then almost 6 million white people are listening to you saying, this is who we need to listen to. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm I'm just saying my experience, you know, like I'm not, this isn't my life's work. There are people who do this as their life's work. I was just saying my experience. So I kind of struggled with feeling like I wasn't doing enough. 
in the beginning and feeling like I wasn't including enough. There were, you know, topics that I didn't speak on that I was like, dang it, why didn't I? And I was like, dang, girl, you you said a lot. But I, I struggled with that part of feeling like, you know, and that's in different areas of my life where I feel like I need to do just a little bit more or say a little bit more to help. And so that was something that I've had to get over throughout this process is feeling like you can only do what you can. You know, it's not all on you. You know what I yeah. mean? Well, and it's so interesting, too, because like when we were talking, I mean, your following went up like 10 times, like 10,000. And it's almost it's wonderful, but it's also disconcerting because it's like this happened over not overnight, but over a quick period of time. And you had built your brand person by person, you know, human by human. And then all of a sudden it's like all these eyeballs, which is such a blessing. Like we will never, never discard the fact that that's a blessing, yes. but it also becomes like, well, what do these people want from me? And what do they yes. expect? From me? And, you know, and if you start to see the down tick, you're like, I'm not doing it right. Or I'm not doing a good <laughs> job. And it, yes. it can really get in your head where it's like, yes. you know, I would argue that going viral, can be such an incredible experience, but with it just comes so many interesting things. And I think that, you know, walking through that personally and then watching you go through that, it's like, whoa, this is wild. It's so wild because yeah, you're right. I was building my brand up. Like I tell people, be grateful for those 200 followers because they, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because they're your people. (laughs) Yes, they are your people. But when in four days, there was over 90,000 new people, you know, following me all of a sudden. And, and the DMs and people were, you know, pouring out their life story and making videos. And it's extremely overwhelming because my first instinct is to connect with people like that's what I do. And you can't possibly, you know, connect with all those people and deal with all of the, you know, racist DMs and the really mean people. And like, it's a lot. You have to get like help with it. You have to get not only just help as far as like team members, but you need a therapist like in the midst <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I just, I loved your video. I love how you've shown up through everything. And I think let's dive on in to the stuff that is your lane, as we like to say. Let's talk about mindset because I feel like 2020 has been just this, it's almost like we've all been cracked open to really explore like who I am, what do I believe, what are my gifts. And so I'm curious if you've noticed any trends in mindset struggles that women in business have been facing this year. Yeah, well, This year is, I mean, incredibly unique, obviously, because people are having to shift in ways they weren't expecting. And one thing that I've noticed is that so many of us, we make our identity out of what we do. And, you know, our wins and our successes that we've had at work. And when those things are snatched from you and the rug is pulled, right, then there's a struggle to kind of keep a sense of yourself because you're like, well, I've been at this bank or wherever for 15 years and I help them do this and this and this. And there's no separation between who you believe you are 
and the accomplishments that you've had within, you know, particular jobs or businesses that people have had to close. And so I think it's really common right now for people to have to figure out their pivot and what they actually want to do now that what they were doing is taken away mm. and, you know, doesn't look like they'll be, you know, reopening or, you know, working at the same place anymore. People are having to face, you know, was I really happy there to begin with? Yeah. Is that really what I wanted to do? It's traumatic, but it's also incredibly powerful. What I've been seeing happen with a lot of women who own businesses or who are now starting businesses because of this. I've never seen anything like it. Obviously, it's it's powerful. It's so powerful. And I agree mm -hmm. so much. I think that as women, we tend to value titles yep. and recognitions and awards and accolades. And if we strip all of that away, I think we would all have a really hard time speaking to who we are. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? I totally agree. It's like we stack those things up and that's who we think we are. You know what I mean? Those accolades, those are the things that we hold on tight to. And it's like, you know, learning to not attach yourself to those things is the only way you're going to be able to pivot yeah. and to, you know, reinvent yourself or your career is just, you know, not having that type of attachment to the things you've done before. Yeah. I feel like this year, I feel like one of the key words is going to be pivot. Walk through, like, let's say someone's listening and they really resonated with the fact that they're in a seasonal change, a career change, a lifestyle change, they're reevaluating and they're like, I need to pivot, but I have no idea what that means, what that looks like, where I go. Mm -hmm. Where would you start with that? I've had to pivot a bunch of times and like my one of my good friends the other day said, you know, you make it seem easy. I'm like, girl, it's not. But what, <laughs> what a lot of practice. <laughs> exactly, honey. I don't have a fear of pivoting. But when it comes to, you know, starting something new or reinventing, it's kind of like you've got to listen to you more than everything and everyone else. Because yeah. a lot of times we get our ideas about what we want or, you know, from, you know, outside the social media, from what our family thinks we should be doing, our, you know, obviously our responsibilities. Like there's a lot of things that contribute to what we feel we should be doing. And I always tell people, start with getting way more honest with yourself. Yeah. And whether that, you know, everyone has a different practice, I always recommend taking time out to do things that have nothing to do with your lane. So whether it be taking an improv class online or like step out of your comfort zone so that you can kind of like break that shell some because sometimes we we're frozen when it yes. comes to trying something different. And so you got to kind of like, you know, flap your arms, girl, and like start <laughs> start like <laughs> loosening it up, you know, because you're not going to imagine a new you know, life for yourself if you're kind of stuck in the shell. And so I always tell people when it's time to shift and sometimes you don't have a choice, you know what I mean? It's sometimes when it's time to move and time to reimagine things for yourself, you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone and ask yourself really, really tough questions about what it is that you want. And it could be scary because sometimes it's not what was on your vision board before. You know what I mean? It's not what your family would want for you. It takes bravery. You know, it takes courage to kind of get really honest about what you want. 
Every night when I finish up work, we go on a family walk down by the lakeshore and sometimes we push it just a little too close to bedtime, meaning we need something on the table quickly and easily for dinner. Enter in Freshly. I was recently introduced to Freshly and the thing I love about their fully prepared meals is that they're delicious and healthy while also being simple. Because let's be honest here, Coco is getting more and more active by the minute. Sometimes we just need a meal that's ready to go ASAP. With Freshly, we avoid the grocery store and enjoy fully prepared dinners delivered fresh, not frozen, right to our door. Freshly's chefs and nutritionists, they do all the hard work. And let me tell you, we are so grateful for that. All you have to do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine better for you golden oven fried chicken, creamy springtime risotto, and fall apart tender beef brisket. That's just a few of the 30 plus health conscious options to choose from. I'm picking out a few options for the next order and I'm excited to try the gluten-free super pesto and sausage penne and the almond ginger chicken bowl. Join almost one and a half million satisfied customers and skip the shopping, prepping, cooking, and cleanup. Freshly is offering my listeners $40 off your first two orders at Freshly.com slash Gold Digger. That's Freshly.com slash Gold Digger. Small businesses have unique needs, not to mention the online business niche that so many of us are expanding into right now. Despite the current uncertainty, one thing that remains unchanged is the importance of having the right people on your team. Whether you're ready to make your first hire or expand your existing team, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so that you can find the right person quickly. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 690 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for and puts your job posts in front of qualified members every day so that it's seen by people looking for job positions just like yours. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. And I can personally vouch for how quickly you can find great candidates on LinkedIn Jobs. It literally took me less than a week to make my last three hires because the best potential teammates rose to the top of the applicants list and I could easily learn more about all the candidates on their LinkedIn profile profiles. Every time I make a hire, I think, how did I survive without this person? And if it wasn't for LinkedIn jobs, I may have never met them. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn jobs. Get the first $50 off when you visit linkedin.com slash gold digger. Again, that's linkedin.com slash gold digger to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. I honestly, honestly, (laughs) think (laughs) that most women can't even define what it is that they're after. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I have deep conversations with friends or we're talking about like, what does success look like? You have to question like, was I taught that this is what success Mm -hmm. is? Is this Mm -hmm. actually my desire? Like, where Mm -hmm. did this notion come from or this belief come from? I want to know how do you, and this is like a selfish question, but how do you like silence those voices or all of that to like get to your heart of things? Like I imagine going viral, there's so many voices and world is so noisy and loud. Like how did you connect back to like the heart of who you are? Girl, it's really easy to allow yourself to be influenced by what you're taking in. And one of the things that I do is I set really thick boundaries around intaking information. Like I don't allow myself to get 
overwhelmed with other people's ideas and opinions. I set time to where I'm just completely shut out from, I mean, I'm not talking on the phone. I'm not scrolling in social media because you can't hear yourself. And you may think that your thoughts and ideas are your own, but they really are a culmination of what you've been taking in. And I don't think people realize how powerful taking in information most of the time is. You start getting your ideas about what success is by what you saw or what you heard or what someone else said. And then when you get that thing, you're like, this is... (laughs) Exactly. And so I stress this so much to any, you know, even just friends and family that I talk to is like, understand how much of what you say you want is influenced by what you see. And it may not even be anywhere near what your genius is. It's important to set really thick boundaries around that and be conscious of it, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of your gifts, and I th- you do it so subtly, so it's like very clearly a gift, is just how you sell and how you invite people into your offers and your opportunities. It genuinely feels, and I hope that you know the virality and the growth doesn't change how you do this because you do it so gracefully. Walk me through your like ideology on selling because I know that so much of mindset goes hand in hand with being good at selling. 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 Yeah. I have a little bit of a different viewpoint. I've had situations growing up where I had to, like, I worked as a telemarketer for a while where it's like, sell, sell, sell. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> right, right. Anxiety and everything, girl. So for me, selling is really all about connecting. And I learned that I can't sell anything that I don't truly believe is going to create a shift for the person who is buying it. And I make sure that I'm listening more than selling, because if you listen long enough, a person will tell you exactly what they need. Even, you know, even if they don't realize it, you can hear and connect with the person and realize, okay, this is good for them or it isn't good for them. Because if something isn't a right fit, I'm not pushing it. I'm not pushing it on a person who it's not right for because my whole ability to sell comes from me truly believing that what I'm about to give them or what they're getting from me is going to be a game changer. And I feel like anytime I've ever tried to sell something that I didn't believe in, it was a flop. I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Because I'm not really selling them the product or the service. I'm selling them the vision of what they can have after And so I got to believe in that for them so that I get excited about it. I'm like, girl, you got (laughs) to just wait. (laughs) Girl, trust me. When I believe in something, I mean, I could sell water to a whale, honey. It's like it's because I feel like sales comes from. I think people buy from you when they feel like you understand them, not you trying to get them to understand you. Mm. You see what I mean? So yes. it's more so that, that connection. Yeah, yes. for sure. <laughs> so let's keep peeling back the layers because I think this is okay. so good. So I love the part where you say like, I'm listening more than I'm speaking. Yep. How are you engaging with people? Are you sending out surveys? Are you asking questions? Are you doing focus groups? Like, what does that look like? Because I think a lot of times people start there, but then they forget that as they continue on. And I think it's mm-hmm. so important. 
Oh my God. Yes. Like right now for me, because there's so many people and I don't know them and I don't know what they need. I have been really leaning into reading the comments and doing surveys on my Instagram. And I'm going to do like just a Q and a, let's just free, just come on, let's have a little fireside. So I can just ask because I can come up with what I think I want to sell next. I'm like, listen, y'all <laughs> look what I got next. And it's like, I, where did you get that information from? Yes. You're, assuming, <laughs> you're assuming that that's, I I've learned not to assume because honey, I've made mistakes of saying, I know people are going to want this. Just trying to create an environment where people feel supported enough to say what they're struggling with. That is how I'm going to decide what I'm going to do next. Is just listening to what people have to say. I know there's a lot of them, but that's why that's why we got surveys, girl. That's why we that's why we take the time out to really comb through. Because I can't sell anything unless I know what you know. I know what people are asking for and what they're struggling with. You know. Yeah, I love that. There is this exercise that my business coach Dean took me through, and it was about mm-hmm. negotiating. Mm-hmm. And he was saying how, like, if you want to win at a negotiation, even if it's like which restaurant you're going to order takeout from yeah. with your husband. Mm-hmm. You basically like ask the question, let them give you their answer. And you literally just repeat back their answer. Like be like, so what I hear is that you would really prefer to have tacos tonight. As long as they feel heard and understood, they actually don't necessarily care about the outcome. And it was like this super interesting negotiating lesson because he was talking on a scale of like, you know, multi-million dollar business deals. Like, yeah, I just go in and sit and let them all get their talking out and they're like explaining out. And then I just repeat it back. But then I say what I want. Right. As the <laughs> Sometimes I feel like creating offers can be like that in the sense of like mm-hmm. when you actually do listen and you take it in and you say, okay, here's what I am hearing that you need. It can really just help people feel like a part of something so much bigger. And I think we all just want to feel understood. Yes, yes, 100%. Like there's nothing like the feeling of knowing someone is not only just listening to you, but creating space to listen for just just to what you need and what you're going through and and seeing you and hearing you you know it's it's really powerful especially in the space where there's so much information everyone's selling you they're hopping in your dms like hey girl take my so-and-so you know what i mean it's just information overload so to have someone be genuinely interested in knowing what stage of the journey you're on is it's powerful yeah. Do you think that selling as a whole has shifted with this year specifically in just the way that we're selling and the way we're being sold to? Man, there's a lot of layers <laughs> to that, girl. There's a lot of layers to that because on one hand, all of a sudden you have people who are doing nothing but buying. Right. And so I have clients who, you know, were just struggling to get their inventory out the door. And now they're sold out and they're like, I don't know what's happening. You know, so you do have that aspect of it where people are just buying to soothe themselves from the trauma of COVID. You know what I mean? And they're just purchasing any and everything. Then you have people who are just immersed in learning. And so they're buying every course they can find. But as far as the sales part of it, I've seen people try to create products or create things around what's happening. And if they can create a feeling of, you know, this is so you can improve yourself for when this is over. (laughs) It's been one of the most successful things that I've seen of people trying to sell a vision 
of like when because this is going to end. So once it does, don't you want to be blank, blank, blank? And I feel people need hope. And the people who have like tapped into that feeling, you know, have at least from my clients have been really successful with trying to not selling like a face mask, you know, or but more so like, let's get you to where you want to be. So when this is over, you can, you know, be at a new level. Yeah, I think that is so interesting. And you are 100% spot on. There was this medium article by Philip Stutz. He does all of these like surveys specifically around like economics and business. But he was saying that like 93% of all consumers will not be buying a luxury item anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And that people are just focusing on essential needs. So customers are buying for need only. And so the only way to be successful in selling in this season is like how how you position your brand or your product or your service to meet an actual need. And I think we never had to rely on that as heavily Mm -hmm. because there was so much more room for wants before this year. And now it's like, no, 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 no. Like show me why this is essential or knowing this is essential. Has that changed your approach or the way that you teach your clients to show up? Girl. Yes. And that's so true. What you just said is like people are unsure of their income and how much, you know, how long it's going to last, how long it's going to stretch. So I think that has a lot to do with it. But the need based, you know, offerings are really, really important because people aren't, they're just not the, for the most part, people aren't just like frivolously purchasing, you know, $5,000 masterminds just to do it. You know what I mean? It's like, I need to know how can your program help me pivot and make some money from home? Cause I'm stuck here now. Like things, (laughs) things that they can use and benefit from that that will help them now like as a need so yeah for I sure. feel like creators have had to get better at like painting the end promise like mm-hmm. don't tell me about your features tell me like at mm-hmm. the end of this like I will have actual results and it's not just vanity results because it's like vanity is not going to get us through 2020 right yes a hundred percent yeah like I mean I have a client who teaches you know moms how to like create a structured for at home learning. And, you know, at first it wasn't something that's not a business idea that's going to be extremely profitable when you're starting out, but look at where we are now and it becomes a need. So it's really crazy. It's crazy how things have shifted and certain things that you wouldn't need before now, like, okay, this is, (laughs) this is needed by a lot of people, you know? Yes. I want to know for you, How has it looked in terms of pivoting your own business throughout this year? Because as a queen of pivots, you've done it a time (laughs) or two. How have you kind of adjusted what you do and how you show up to meet the needs of the world today? Well, honestly, I have started to, you know, the women that I work with, it's a lot of pivoting and not always had, you know, it hasn't always been that way. Having to work with entrepreneurs on how to restructure their business, especially if a lot of it had to do with being in person, you know what I mean? How to take what you do and turn it into something that could be purchased online and moving your business model online. So it's been a lot of that. But for me, like personally with my business, having to, you know, switch over during COVID, I've had to take on just a lot more clients that were shorter term 
because some people are like, look, I just need help with this one, you know, one thing. And that's all they want to do rather than let's do a year package or you get what I mean. It's like people aren't even sure if they want to keep this business anymore. So I've kind of adjusted my approach to being able to help before it would be much longer term. Now it's a little bit shorter. It's like three months, six months. So that part is definitely changed. Okay. One idea that I've just been mulling over a ton lately is Mm -hmm. we always talk about time and energy, but we, or time and money, but we don't necessarily factor in energy into how we're showing up, the offers we're creating, the level of service we're providing. How has like where your energy goes like affected what you're putting out into the world these days? Because I feel like everyone is on this roller coaster ride of this new decade. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're kind of using just different barometers of success and what that looks like and factoring in maybe just different things than just time and money. Yes, energetically, like I used to think that, you know, okay, if I'm going to take my business online, then I better be making three videos a week. And I better be, you know, I was looking at myself like, okay, I'm going to have to create, create, create. But now I see it more so as what do I have to contribute to the conversation? And, you know, is it going because right now there's so much noise. You know what I mean? There's so much of it. And I'm like, how can I contribute in a way that's going to actually be impactful rather than just quantity? You know what I mean? Hey, guys, I got another video. (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) Right. I just it just didn't feel right. You know, it didn't feel right to me. And I see, you know, I'm not knocking anybody who wants to do that. Just for me personally, I'm like, how can I make the most impact when I do show up and, you know, basically looking at what I'm putting energy into and valuing the no's as much as I do the yeses. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Is there any system or scale or anything that you use to make decisions in your business? It depends. Yes. Usually I look at it as, okay, what is the time commitment? You know, can I truly show up? If someone says, hey, I really, can you be a part of this, you know, 12 week program and it's twice a day? And I'm like, girl, nah. no, because even <laughs> if, I said, if I said yes to that, I wouldn't be showing up for your students yeah. the way that they deserve. So I try to look at, am I able to show up effectively if I say yes to this? And then also I ask myself, why am I saying yes? Is it a lack mentality kicking in? You know what I mean? Do I feel like all the opportunities are going to dry up? If I like where, what's my motivation? So I usually check that first. You know what I mean? Is that why I'm saying yes? And then just making sure I take enough time out to, you know, spend time with myself because I can't coach. I can't speak. I can't do any of that if I'm burnt out. Mm-hmm. I'll just be looking like, what did you guys say? I don't know. What what happened? <laughs> I was half here. <laughs> and I never want anyone's first experience with me to be burnt out, Iverly. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just kind of making sure that I have enough space to take on whatever it is that I'm asked to do. You know? Yeah. What excites you right now? Like what is just bringing joy to your world? Oh, man, Jenna, it's tough because it's like I'm just now getting to the point where I'm I miss people to a level where I'm like, okay, yeah, because I haven't my fiance and I, we haven't seen friends or family since March. Mm, Yep. Not a one person. 
And, and so I was fine, you know, I'm like, okay, just put your head down, you just do what you got to yeah. do, you know, but it's starting to get to a point where I'm like, okay, somebody, yeah. <laughs> a lifeline. <laughs> so what I'm most excited about, because I, there's no telling when that's going to end, you know, we, we had to like halt planning our wedding and things like that. So the thing that is most exciting to me right now is connecting with new women and, you know, people who just discovered me really creating relationships with the new people. I get I mean, it gets me up every day. I feel really excited to be like, you know what, like there's community to be built here and everyone's shown up. So let's do this thing because it's going to help all of us if that community is created. So that's really the thing that makes me most excited. It's not, you know, it's not the viral part of things. It's more so let's get together and support each other. And that part is, it's really exciting. You have just done an incredible job staying in tune with your heart and your mission through every step of this year. And I think it's been really, really powerful to watch because I feel like with everything that is going on and has gone on, it's really easy to kind of lose yourself for a hot minute and be like, I don't know what's next. I don't know what to create. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And even at the beginning of this call, you're like, I'm getting back to my lane and I'm going to stay there. And I mm-hmm. really, really respect that. Can you speak to that yeah. at all? Well, the thing is, it's really easy to get swayed into a lane that doesn't, you know, that doesn't belong to you. And you have to figure out what part of this is real for me, like what part is authentic for me. So I can't just go viral and then just show up and say, oh, now I'm an anti-racism educator and this is, and you know, call me this. And I know that the power of what I'm doing is my authenticity. I don't have to say that I'm an expert at, you know, at whiteness studies or anything like that for me to say, you know what, I was just being honest and here's what I can offer you is my honesty about being a black woman in this country, right? And once I realized that, you know, no matter what people think I am, I can show up as who I actually am and own that space, then I don't have to feel like I need to be anything else because my voice is just as important and just as valid, even if I'm not, you know, considered an expert at something. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. You've done a really amazing job. Where can everybody connect with you, find out more about your offers, work with you for mindset or selling? Give us all of the places. So I'm always on Instagram, which is at Iverly, I-V-I-R-L-E-I. And then my website, as well as my brand is Mavenel. So it's just Mavenel.com. And we are Mavenel on Instagram. So those are my places that I usually dwell. We've got <laughs> we've got some <laughs> some things coming up right now. We're doing a you know a workshop, but there's more to come. I'm really just trying to you know get to know everyone and get some other educators in there and just kind of like you know just create a, a new space for everyone. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's such yeah. an honor to get to chat and have everyone get to listen in. Thank you for having me. This is truly an honor for me. I've I've been a longtime listener. So thank you.
Oh, you guys, isn't Iverly amazing? Like she is just so incredible and beautiful in every sense of the word, in the way she shows up, in the way she creates, in the way she serves. And you have to go check out her website. It is one of the most beautiful, vibrant, incredibly designed sites. Like it's just fun around every corner. I love, love, loved our conversation. And I hope that you walk away just taking something so valuable and putting it to work. Until next time, gold diggers, keep Keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of the podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. 